0: And all things are possible with him, and he can, and he will, and he does. And I'm so thankful for that. You ought to be as well. Uh, you know, we live in a day, we, uh, we look around us and we think, well, how in the world is that going to work out? Hey, all things are possible with God. Amen. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is outside of his ability or his ability. Uh, uh, willingness to, to move in hearts and lives, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, tonight, if you will, take your Bible and turn to uh, the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 14, we're going to be uh, looking at some verses in chapter 14, but we'll be looking at some other verses in other portions of Scripture as well. So when you find your place, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 14, I'm going to read one verse, and then uh, I'm going to let you be seated, and we'll continue on. I'll give you what the Lord laid upon my heart. So when you find your place, stand to your feet. 2 Chronicles chapter 14, and I'm going to read verse number 9. Second Chronicles chapter fourteen and verse number nine, and there came out against Zerah or Zera the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots, and came unto Marisha. A thousand thousand, you know how many, how much that is? That's a million. He came out against the children of Israel with a million foot soldiers and 300 chariots, and came unto Marisha. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the opportunity to be back. Thank you for your precious word. And God, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts this evening. Lord, we need some help. God, we're living in some uh, very trying days, uh, Lord, some days that we wonder how things will work out, but Lord, all things are possible with you. Lord, speak to us, teach us, help us to grow, help us to trust you more, and Lord, we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. 2 Chronicles chapter 14, beginning in verse number 1, uh, it gives us a story, an account of a new king, if you will, there in Judah, King Asa. And his father had passed away. Verse number 1, it says, So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. And in his day, the land was quiet ten years. Now, what I want to preach about Uh, with the help of the Lord this evening. Verse number 9, it says, There came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand, thousand, and three hundred chariots and came unto Maresha. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach on this thought. What will you do when the enemy attacks? What will you do when the enemy attacks? Well, to begin with, uh, I want us to establish who our enemy is. We're going to look at the enemy there in Asa's day, but we need to establish in our day who the enemy is. The enemy is not Muslims or Islam or Arabs Or uh, any other nationalities, that the enemy is not the white man, the enemy is not the black man, the brown man, the yellow man, the red man. If there was a purple, it would green polka dotted man. It wouldn't be our enemy. We need to establish who the enemy is in our day, and then we're going to look at what took place in Asa's day. Now, uh, the Bible tells us clearly who. The enemy is, and we need to get that nailed down and realize who we're fighting against. We're not fighting against one another. We're not fighting against brother and against sister and against the preacher and an evangelist and Sunday school teacher. We're fighting an adversary, and we need to realize who he is and what his tactics are in this day. First Peter chapter number 5 And verse number 6, the Bible says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant. That means to be wide awake, to be watchful, to be in control of all your faculties, and to be ready. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, here it is, the devil. Satan is the enemy in this hour. It's not false religion. It's not the government. It's not the terrorist. It's the stinking devil. And we need to realize who we're fighting this battle against. Our adversary the devil as a roaring lion. And he makes a whole lot of racket. He makes a whole lot of noise. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We need to know who he is, what he is, how he operates, and we need to know that we can resist him. Uh, Sunday night after the service, I was kind of watching uh, the little children play around. You know, after service, all the little youngins, they get to running around and playing, having a wonderful time. Well, there was this one little fella and I'm not going to name names. Y'all probably know who it is when I get to telling it. He's about this tall you know, little fella and he likes to run and he likes to push people. He likes to push other little youngins and push them down and then run around find somebody else run right up, and push them down. And it, you know, it's just childish thing. That's what little youngins do. They play. And they don't mean anything, but he's just playing. Well, he did that a couple of times. And then he, saw, he spied this little young lady over there. Now, she was bigger than he was. He thought, I believe I'll just do that to her. And he took off running from about here all the way over to that section, full steam, like this. But she saw him coming. She saw him coming, and she done like that. Placed her feet, bowed up, and when he hit her, guess what happened? It bounced him back about three feet. <laughs> Resist the stinking devil. Amen. We need to be sober, need to be vigilant, watching when the attacks come and be able to withstand him. The Bible says that we can lift that shield of faith that we may be able to quench every fiery dart he casts our way. You say, preacher, what has that got to do with the message? Well, I'm just getting to that. That's just a little introduction you're getting. We need to establish. Who the enemy is. And the enemy is the devil. And we need to realize that. And we need to keep that in our thought patterns. That we're not fighting uh, flesh and blood. We're fighting an adversary that is wicked. That is vile. That is evil. And does not play fair. Amen. So here in uh, Asa's day. Asa was a young man. His father had just passed away. By the way, Abijah was a, a rascal, if you will. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And Asa came on the scene. In verse number 2, it says, And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of in the eyes of the Lord his God. That tells me right there, young people, if you've got a mama and you have a daddy that doesn't want to have anything to do with God, want to live a wicked and ungodly lifestyle, that does not mean that you have to continue in that pattern. You can change. This young man, he said, I ain't going that way no more. He says, I'm going to do what's right. What will you do when the enemy attacks? Well, I'm going to tell you, here in Asa's day and in our day, one of the best times that the enemy likes to attack is when there's a time of righteousness. Here in Asa's day, he came on the scene, he came to the throne, and he did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. When there's righteousness in the camp, When folk want to do right, want to live right, want to serve God, want to make a difference, want to make an impact for the cause of Christ, the devil does not like that. He'll attack when those times of righteousness take place. Not only the time of righteousness will the uh, enemy attack, but the times of removal. Uh, Verse number 3 says, for he took away... The altars of the strange gods and the high places, and break down the images and cut down the groves. He got rid of some things. He cleaned some things out that need, didn't need to be there. See, we need to keep some things cleaned out of our life that don't need to be there. And if we uh, want to serve God and we want to do right, we begin to clean things out. Hey, that's when the day, huh? I'm not going to let that go. I'm going to have to do something about that. When that uh, removal takes place, the enemy will attack. Also, when revival takes place, the enemy will uh, attack. Verse 4 through verse 7. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also, he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images. And the kingdom was quiet before him and he built fenced cities. In Judah, for the land had rest. And he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities and make about them walls and tires and gates and bars while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought Him, and He hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. They were having a time of renewal, a time of revival. Boy, things were wonderful in that day. And it seemed like it had turned around from what it was in Abijah's day. Asa is now on the throne. He's a king that wants to live right. He wants to do right. He wants to be something for God. He's cleaned some things out. And it seems like revival's breaking out. You know, we're praying for revival in America. We're praying for revival at Calvary Baptist Church. But yet when those things take place and God begins to move, the devil will not sit idly by and say, boy, isn't that wonderful? Brother Justin, isn't that wonderful that what's going on at Calvary? Folk are getting stirred and Folk are getting saved and getting some help and and wanting to get out and do something for the Lord. It's a time of he won't do that. Hey, if there's righteousness, if there's removal, if there's a revival, then there's going to be retaliation. There will be retaliation from the enemy. He does not like it. He'll have to put a stop to that, and that's when the attack will come. And you can mark her down as God is doing a work at Calvary Baptist Church. In every one of our hearts, you can mark her down. The devil will not give up. He is a persistent, a consistent, uh, 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 an adversary that will not give up. And he will retaliate. Oh, preacher, how do you know he will? You just wait. You just wait long enough. You'll see. I've already seen it. Hey, he doesn't like it when folk get stirred up for the Lord. So, there's three things I want us to see about uh, what will you do when the enemy attacks? What will you do when the enemy attacks? Look at verse number 8 here. It says, And Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears, out of Judah three hundred thousand, and out of Benjamin that bare shields and drew bows, Two hundred and four score thousand, all these were mighty men of valor, had five hundred and eighty men in their army. Uh, Three hundred thousand were spearmen, uh, two hundred and eighty thousand were uh, uh, archers, if you will. And uh, they probably thought, Boy, we have got an army, we have got what it takes to uh, ward off the enemy if the enemy attacks. Boy, i tell you one thing. We need to realize that that enemy is a powerful enemy, and we cannot fight him in our own strength, and our own power. We need God's touch, God's power, God's direction. We need to realize that only through the power of God can we have victory when the adversary, the enemy, attacks. Uh, Hey, they had seemingly uh, what it would take to uh, fend off this crowd, But yet, in verse number 9, as we read a while ago, there came out against them Zerah, the Ethiopian, with a a host of thousand, thousand, and three hundred chariots, and came unto Maresia. They had 580, but these Ethiopians were a million strong. Oh, it was was a a tremendous army. I'm telling you what, we have an enemy that is powerful, and we need to realize that. But that's not the end of the story. Praise the Lord. What will you do when the enemy attacks? Number one, we'll stand for him. We'll stand for him. Look what it says in verse number 9 and verse number 10. And there came out again, oh, excuse me, uh, verse number 10 and 11. I believe that's where we went. No, it ain't. I done lost my place. Verse number 10. Uh, then Asa went out against him. And they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha at Marisha. Uh He went out and set the battle in array. He didn't see the crowd coming. Millions strong and those 300 chariots. He didn't see that crowd. and uh, uh, I don't believe we can handle that, fellas. We've got 580. They've got a million. Uh, I, the odds are just not. I think let's run. Brother Justin, I, you ring he said, let's just run, fellas. We'll go hide. And we, we, we just can't do this. That's not what it said. He said he went out. You know, it doesn't matter how powerful that our adversary is. <laughs> we have a God that's a whole lot more powerful. And God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with him. We need to stand for him in these wicked days. And and Asa, he went out and stood against the enemy. He set the battle in array. Over in 1 Kings chapter 15 and verse number 8, it gives another little account of this. I wanted to add this because I think this uh, pretty much hits us where we are at today. Verse number... uh, Hmm. 8. And Abijah slept with his fathers, and he buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. And in the twentieth year of Jeroboam king of Israel reigned Asa over Judah. And forty-one years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Maacah the daughter of Abishalom. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. Listen to this. This is what we need to do in our day. Preacher, you're going to get some some folk upset with you. This is God's word, and this is what Asa did, and this is what straightened out the nation. This is what we need in our day. And he took away, what's that next word? Y'all know what that is? Oh, you're quiet. You act like you don't want to say that word. Homosexuals. That is one ungodly, wicked lifestyle. Now, I just want to add this little note to that. It's not the individual. You know, we look at the person a whole lot of times, and we say, bah, 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 and we run off a mouth, and we all... It's not the person, it's the sin. God hates the sin. We ought to hate the sin, but we ought to love the person. And we ought to try to reach them, but we ought to try to tell them the truth. It's not an alternate lifestyle. It's not uh, everything's wonderful in that lifestyle. And, and they've got all these rights in that lifestyle. God says it's wicked, it's vile, and it's abomination. Take away the sodomites out of land. Remove all the idols that his father has made. Also, uh, Maaka, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa destroyed her idol and burned it by the brook Kidron. Uh, he took care of business. He, that's, that's something when you put, your mama out, you put your mama out of office. He was cleaning out the whole crowd. And we need a cleaning out of the whole crowd. I mean, we've got a, a group in, in Raleigh. We've got a group in Washington, D.C. that are wicked and vile. And, and it doesn't need to be like that any longer. Oh, preacher, what can we do about that? Well, you can uh, get up and, uh, in November and let your voice be heard. Well, preacher, I don't agree with any of them. Well, here's the thing. If you don't vote, you have just added to the problem, amen? Well, I just don't like that one. I just ain't going to vote at all. Well, you're voting for the other one. We need to vote. Let our voice. That's why we're in such pitiful shape in America today. Because God's people, we've sat back so long. Oh, I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. I want to be politically correct. And the enemy's come in, and he's near about destroyed America. Don't you agree? He has near about destroyed America. And guess who's let him do it? Because we turn, tail, and run. We didn't go out and set the battle in array and say enough is enough is enough. We're not gonna have men and women going in the same bathroom. We're not gonna do some of these ungodly things that are taking place in America. We're gonna make a difference. Ah, oh, preacher, you're going to make people mad. No, we just need to tell people the truth. You know, when I got saved, I was so thankful that a man of God was, loved me enough, Brother Justin, to stand up and tell me the truth, that I was an old, lost sinner. It didn't matter if I was religious. It didn't matter if I was a deacon or an elder or a preacher. He just told me that if I was lost, I needed to be saved. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm glad he made he told me the truth. I'm glad he told me the truth. Number one, we need to stand for him. It said Asa went out and he set the battle in array. Not only do, well, let me just add this too. Do you know that uh, the Roman soldiers had special types of shoes to help them stand? They had spikes on the bottom of those shoes. So when they would go out and set the battle in array, they could dig in, if you will, and stand their ground. And they could get traction if they had to move quickly, and they could. It, it, it helped them. You know, the Bible says that we're to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, one reason I believe that we, as God's people, have set back so long and allowed this old world and the devil to have so much victory in America is that we have not had our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Preacher, if I go out there on teen visitation, I, don't, I just don't know if I know what to say. Why? We should have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace so we can walk out there, set the battle in array, and we can make a difference for the cause of Christ. He said he went out and set the battle in array. We need to stand for God in these last days. Not only do we need to stand for Him, we need to seek for Him. Seek for him. Preacher, what are you talking about? Seek for him. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And I will shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If you look right over in chapter 15 here in 2 Chronicles, at uh, verse number 2, the Bible says, And he went out uh, to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. Listen to this. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. We need to seek his face. When the enemy attacks, we need to take a stand, but we need to seek. Help from the one that can help us. We have a God that's able. Look what it says in verse number 11 there in uh, 2 Chronicles 14. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, is it, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. <laughs> he said, that's nothing for you, Lord. You can take two people and whoop all them million. It it doesn't matter how many you have, uh, whether it's many or whether it's few, uh, you are able. And Asa cried unto the one that he knew would give help, the one that would never fail him, the one that would never leave him, the one that would equip him to win the victory in that day. Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help whether with many or with them that have no power, God is able. We need to seek him. We need to stand for him and we don't need to back up. We don't need to shut up. We don't need to uh, turn around and run. We need to face the adversary and the power of a holy God and trust him that he's able to give us the victory. You know, there's an old southern preacher one time. He said, it's time for our church to wake up, sing up, preach up, pray up, never give up or let up or back up or shut up until the church is filled up or we go up. Amen. Boy, we ought to be able to fight the adversary, fight the devil, fight sin. We need to name it and claim it. Uh, I don't like that. I think we need to name a sin and claim it. That's sin. We do. If it's sin, it's sin. And somebody ought to love folk enough to tell them the truth. Hey, Billy Sunday. I like his... And y'all have heard this uh, quote many times, I'm sure. But I love it. And I love to quote it. He said, Listen, I'm against sin. How many of y'all against sin? Anybody against sin? Hey, those of you who your hand, what's wrong with you? You ought to be against sin if you're saved by God's grace. Listen, I'm against sin. I'll kick it as long as I've got a foot. I'll fight it as long as I've got a fist. I'll butt it as long as I've got a head. I'll bite it as long as I've got a tooth. And when I'm old and fistless and tooth, footless and toothless, I'll gum it till, it till I go home to glory and it goes home to perdition. We ought to take a stand. We ought to seek God and ask Him to help us. And we ought not to be scared of the devil and his, and all his imps. You know, we have been called to go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And we ought not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We have the power, we have the backing, we have the authority, and we need to get out there and try to reach them and set the battle in uh, There's old preacher C.T. Stutt one time. Uh, he made this statement. He said, uh, Some wish to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. He said, I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. <laughs> Boy, I ought to get out there and try to reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, what do we do when the enemy attacks? We stand for him. What do we do when the enemy attacks? We seek for him the help of a holy God. And then lastly tonight, what do we do when the uh, enemy attacks? We strive for him. We strive for him. He said in verse number 11, God, you're able. You're able. And he said, in thy name, we we go against this multitude, O Lord. Thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So, because of that, because Asa stood, because Asa went out, because he sought God's face. So, verse 12, the Lord smote him. <laughs> what do you mean? Did the Lord just slap him on the hand and run him off? No, he smote him. That means he destroyed them. He smote the uh, Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil. We need to stand and fight. Paul told young uh, Timothy, Uh, over there in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 12, he said, fight the good fight of faith. How many of us are fighting the good fight of faith today? How many of us are truly fighting the good fight of faith? He told him to fight the good fight. And then over there in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7, as Paul was going to pass off the scene, he told young Timothy to try to encourage him. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We need to strive for Him. Jude, uh, verse number 3, it says, We're to earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly. Do our very best to contend for the faith. So we need to stand for the Lord. We need to seek for Him. And we need to strive. We need to fight the fight of faith. It's time for God's people to stand up and say, Enough is enough. We've had enough of this. We're going to get back to God. We're going to take our churches back. We're going to take our homes back. We're going to take America back. We're going to take our children back. And we're sick and tired of the stinking devil coming in and destroying and stealing and robbing our families, our churches, our nation. Just stand and fight. Oh, preacher, I don't know if I can do that. You can't do it in your own strength. I can't do it in my own strength. But with God's power and God's touch, we can make a difference. So why would you even stand? Why would you even uh, uh, seek him? Why would you even strive for him when the enemy attacks? Why would you even do that? Why would you just say, forget it? I'm not going to do that. You know, I, I'm just tired of that. I, I, just want, I don't want to deal with that. I, I'm just going to do whatever they want to and, and just leave me alone. Why would we do all these things? Why did Asa do all these things? The reason we do it, the reason we serve him, the reason Calvary Baptist Church exists is because lost souls matter. Amen. You know, you hear all that about this... This live matter and this live matter and this live matter. Lost souls matter. Amen. And that's why we ought to stand and fight in these last days. Because folks, souls dying without Christ are hanging in the balance. And this old world don't care. The only one that cares are God's people. The only one that cares is somebody that's been redeemed, been bloodwashed. Bought with a price. Those that love the Lord, Jesus—that's why we do all what we do. And so, but when the enemy attacks, we can have the victory. Asa won the victory. Asa didn't win the victory in his own power, but God was able. He just wants us to stand. He just wants us to seek His face, and He just wants us to strive to serve him the very best we can in 2016 because lost souls matter.